0: of the Snug Dan Nerdcast. I'm Kevin, and I still got Danny across the table with me. Yo,
1: yo, what up? What is in his (laughs) house?
0: We are... We're like... Weirdly, extra excited for today, even though it's business as usual. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. I'm full, just full good disclosure
1: mood. number two, Kevin. I just disc- fully disclosed to Kevin earlier that I, I have no topics for today because I'm an <laughs> irresponsible child. Um, but also, full disclosure, I did just upload episode number 31. <laughs> so, ah, I do need after to... that, not being live all week and having a ready to go. I know I just <laughs> during the week that's I how like... busy I have been. I have, yeah, for anyone doesn't know. I have college classes that I'm hopefully going to be finishing up here soon, and it has just been killing me going back to school after taking a break after a couple of years because you're not in that student mindset, and it has just been murderous upon my my mental fortitude.
0: I mean, bright side, you're like looking better than like I think it's 70% of students that take a break right now cuz like I'm pretty sure that's what it is, a 70% of students that take a break never actually end that break. They never actually go back to school. <laughs> so like that on that note, you're you're, you know, in in the the top 30% there if if that statistic is correct. I could be completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or it and, could be old. It's entirely possible that's a very old statistic too
1: and unfortunately <laughs> work at four in the morning doesn't help and neither does Elden ring no not at all <laughs> fun as shit yeah so i, know, anyway, I still
0: i want to buy it so bad
1: so that's the reasons for the delays it's all on me it is all me it is all my my irresponsibility coming through but hopefully we can get back into motion we will have a few announcements at the end of the stream so stick around yeah. As for right now, it is my turn to start today, and yes, today because I don't have a topic, I thought you know what we haven't talked about D and D stuff in a little while. It's been quite a while. I mean, we talked a little bit about it when we were talking about, I think it was the CEO of, was it Wizards of the Coast? Yeah, <laughs> of that of that new CEO kind of coming in. I don't even think it was a CEO. Just it was a, a
0: new president. Yeah, just a president. Yep. There you go. Um, Yeah, we talked about them for a little bit there, and then the last mention before that, I want to say, was our talk regarding uh, the Questing Beast. Yes. Um, Which wasn't exactly D&D, it was more of just referencing to it. That's what I was thinking. I was like, not quite D&D, was it? No. Um, So, without
1: further ado, Kevin, we have been playing in my campaign for the better part of seven eight months or something like that something
0: ridiculous maybe even a year? like that um it's been i can't remember let's when see we started, we started playing i want to say a couple i want to say it was like a month maybe two before maddie and i got together so that would, that really? would put us about eight months or so
1: yeah really eight, uh, let me months, let me we have that.
0: discord history yeah, that's a long way to go. It I is. Think.
1: It is. But if I only go into the announcements page, it should be. Oh, there be, you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It should be oh my God, it's all it's <laughs> going on all the way back to June. June eighth. June eighth yep. is when I said that we were going to be starting it. Yep, that's um, about a month for before Maddie and I got so together. We started this back in June, so what's it now? What what are we in right now? It's March. Uh, March, yeah. Beginning of 2022? March. April, May, June. That's only three months from a year. Yep, and the campaign should be ending within the next so month or be, so. Yeah, so that's be nine months.
0: it'll be about ten months of a oh, of the campaign. Oh man, a ten yeah, month almost long, campaign. A year long campaign! It's Look been a journey.
1: You. It's been very fun. Yes. I've had fun. We've had ups and downs, and I've learned a lot. DMing, yeah. And through this, I think Kevin, that was a nice voice crack there. <laughs> <laughs> and through this, I think that you have had ample time to sit down and plan some unique stuff and have a lot of inspiration for your own campaign. A lot of inspiration. Making. And I'm excited for it because it's pretty unique, the way you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for anyone who doesn't know, in my campaign, we're currently running with six players and me as the DM. So seven people at the table. Yeah. You never do that. It's, in D&D. It's a that's lot of people. Highly recommended you never go
0: before. Yeah. Um, like five, five is pushing it for most DMs. Uh, but we're having fun. <laughs> but we're having fun. And that's what matters, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So...
1: Um, Kevin, let's talk about your campaign a little bit, because not only do I want to share it and kind of get it out there because it's exciting, but also I want to greedily just get more info for myself um, and <laughs> well, possibly the good thing even is, talk is about our plans together.
0: Most of my players actually listen to the podcast. So while you'll be greedily grabbing information for yourself in a couple weeks when this episode comes out, they will also be able to retrieve that info. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, we'll see. I mean yeah, hopefully they keep up. Yeah. We are we are a couple weeks uh behind of letting them know that we have episodes up. Um so anyway, Kevin well, I've been getting mine out. Yes, you have.
0: I've been I've been, I've I've been, been ar- making I've sure been that I'm <laughs> on it. So that's as soon as we're done, that's gonna be my first thing is going through all my social media posts and sharing it. So f- Let's talk about
1: kind of the what, the structure that you're running the campaign in. So, like this is it's not a conventional D and
0: D meet every week kind of campaign. No, right? no. So my I have this really big issue where I really want people to be able to play. I really enjoy getting people at the table because of what D and D is. Um, the fact that D and D is just really It's really it's a mental exercise that doesn't require screens. Um, obviously a lot of my players benefit from utilizing a character sheet on their phone and I keep most of my notes in Google docs and stuff like that. So I can easily access them on my phone or on a computer or whatever, but they're not necessary to do, which is why I really enjoy it because it's, it's a a time to kind of at least semi unplug and, and sit down and enjoy mentally exercising your brain. And, uh, that's a huge so part I, of a D&D, too. You know? yeah. So, like, I I hate telling people, no, you can't play in my campaign. That's I hate why it. we
1: have six players right now. Yeah.
0: My last campaign, I had seven at the table. The one before that, when it ended, I believe I had nine players sitting at my table. Um, which, uh, for any DM that's listening, you'd like, this this hurts your, your soul because, oh my god, that is so many people to try and figure out. It is 100% chaos. And you're absolutely right. So I thought of a more, eh, it's kind of a, a combination. So I've, I've been a part of a handful of uh, West March style servers. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what a Westmarch server is, uh, that is, it's usually an online DD game that has role play available 24/7. You're able to go in and do role play, chat and whatever with other players. There will be downtime and, and like many things that you can uh, be a part of but then there's also missions that go live and one of the many dms usually that's a part of the west march server um will you know they'll run a mission and most of them will just be like you know snatch and grab fetch quest like little things usually they don't tend to follow like a storyline specifically they're just kind of like little one-shot adventures that the dm can run and then each of the players are able to kind of increase their um you know they're able to to uh follow their path and and develop their character based on what happened in those missions and what roleplay they've been doing in the server. Now, I like the theory of the Westmarch server. However, generally for a Westmarch server to work properly, you need multiple DMs and every Westmarch server that I've been a part of has fallen apart because the DMs have started having conflicts and ultimately it ends up with one DM pulling way more power than they should have as a co-DM and the other DMs getting upset, leaving and half the server going with them. Right. Right. Um, right. And that, yeah, it ends up dying every time. Messy. So as much as I enjoyed being able to role play whenever I wanted to and having missions that came up, you know, periodically, sporadically, whenever I was possibly available to, I wasn't the biggest fan of using roll 20, which is what most of them use. I'm not a huge fan of roll 20 as it is. Um, which I've touched on that previously in the podcast <laughs> yeah but if and, you're just uh, tuning
1: in it's just like a yeah it's just like a discord bot
0: that is essentially... well no roll 20 is it? actually it's oh, a man. website where you can pull up like maps and stuff people can <laughs> share their character sheets basically it turns D and d into a oh, computer that's very right, <laughs>
1: people use it while using discord to coordinate that's right
0: yeah usually they'll use the chat functions in, <laughs> in discord while using roll 20 even though there is chat in roll 20 like you can use voice chat in roll 20 right, and type right. chat in roll 20. They'll generally utilize discord for the voice chat and then roll 20 for the. Oh, man, Yeah. I had but that that's,
1: confused. Okay. So yeah. roll 20
0: is its own website. See, yeah, it's I its own know. separate thing. Yeah. <laughs> a separate thing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I'm yeah, I'm not a huge fan of roll 20 personally. I've right. used it on several occasions and I just, I struggle with it. Um, I also don't like a lot of those because, uh, because everyone is disconnected, not, you know, sitting in the room together. It seems like everybody takes longer. Um, so what would be a four hour session in person at a, table tends to become like almost an eight hour session trying to get through the same thing um, yeah. which is it's it's hard and it's painful for me personally I can't I can't do it um, so I had the idea of trying to combine the elements that I did like of a Westmarch server to the in person game style of our normal campaigns with our friend group Um, basically I wanted to run all of the like one shot missions that would be available that would come up, um, in person at the table and then have the role play available and able to be run separately on a discord server. Um, which has taken a lot of, a lot of planning and a lot of thought. Mostly it's just because I'm tired of having so many people that it's chaos sitting at the table playing but I also still don't want to tell people no. So I want all of my friends to be able to come and play the game and be a part of it. But I don't want to be, you know, hurting yeah. a thousand people. Because those of you who are DMs, you know, trying to wrangle players to get even a simple decision done half the time in a D&D game is so difficult with large quantities of people. It's already kind of hard with, like, four or five. Like, if you're sitting three, four players, it still sometimes can be hard to get them to make a decision on something. Like, listen to any D&D actual play podcast. The amount of thought and time that goes into opening a door is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean,
1: and for context as well, when, when I was starting my game back in June of 2021, <laughs> um, I had probably... Uh, Like, a total of nine, ten people that wanted to play Mm -hmm. that had, like, either heard about it or just, like, that I told about and they were like, I would love to be a part of that. And we just had to say no because we had too many people saying, like, yes, for sure, this is a commitment. And so far, everybody in the group has been solidly committed. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're about at the end of the campaign, so, I mean, you know. It's just it, it's so hard to deny people who truly want to play and who have the willingness to commit because yep. that can be hard to find. Mm-hmm. That can be really hard to find.
0: Yeah, that's like 90 percent of D&D memes out there on the Internet are about how hard it is to find a group of players that are willing to commit to regular sessions. And we we play weekly like just just for reference. We have a group of friends that work different jobs that come together and sit down at a table once a week for three to four hours every week week to play D&D, which is among the community, probably one of the rarest things that people will see. I've had people actually upset with me because of the fact that I can do that. And Yeah, I didn't really <laughs> realize
1: how common it was to have a D&D session that was like over every other month or like every yeah. month. There's a lot of people that are week. like
0: every other week. Like that one's the most common that I've seen is every other week or like once a month. Um, but weekly but, in-person sessions, phew,
1: but getting but but getting back to yours, so it's kind of this it's kind of this merge of Rule Twenty slash West March into in person D D in which yeah, so we won't be doing D every week, right?
0: Not necessarily, no. Like there will be some weeks where I have something prepared every single week that'll go, and there are going to be other times where it's like, yeah, not so much. Which is why I do plan on adding a channel in the Discord that's like uh, session notes, where I'm just kind of kind of Give a brief explanation of what happened in that mission, partly for people who aren't a part of that mission, and partly for the people that are, so that that way, even if their notes are a little lacking, if it's been a couple of weeks since they've gotten to, you know, visit that whole topic, it's there for them to reference. And one way, this is going to really work out too, especially with our group.
1: And I assume this is probably relatable to a lot of people out there trying to get DD groups together. Is scheduling. Yep. So when you have it's kind of like a job where you sort of get these alerts like kind of like DoorDash, you know, like we have this available for this amount, you know. Yep. It's kind of like that for your D&D campaign. Right. So like we have this mission available for this week um, who can make it and then people with, you know, stricter schedules. Maybe they won't be able to make it that week, but they can make it to a
0: different one, um, so, or you know, <laughs> girlfriends. Yeah. The uh, the basic premise of the of the the storyline uh, so far is that everybody in the group has just been uh, recruited to a shadow organization, um, and they've all kind of been lumped onto a team together. Um, I am doing, like, in-person session zeros, like, one-on-ones with each of the characters to kind of give them a moment to kind of develop and flesh out their character at the beginning, and that's going to be essentially, like, the way that they were recruited into the organization before they're placed on the team together. Now, do you
1: plan on doing those separate from everybody, or do you want to have the group come in And then do one with one person, let everybody kind of do their thing, maybe figure out some more of their stuff with their characters. Okay, you're done, and then move somebody else in? Or is it going to be an entire session of like a one-on-one
0: deal? It's gonna be just kind of whenever, whenever both I and the other players are available to do so. Like, for instance, um, since your campaign is splitting to two <laughs> to alternating sessions, yeah. So uh, we had we had one of those like usually considered taboo uh, moments amongst the uh, the D and D community, where ha- you know a a portion of the party in Danny's campaign uh, split and started going down a more evil aligned path and the rest of us stayed down a good aligned path and rather than going okay well these two since there's four of them on the good side and two on the bad side these two on the bad side you guys become npcs make new characters or you're done or whatever it is like almost every other dm would or railroading them so that they couldn't go down that evil path anymore and forcing them back to the good side which i personally think is not a good idea as a dm no matter what Danny allowed us to work both sides of the coin. And when we reached a point where it got really hard for us not to metagame from being in person, that was when he offered up some some options. Um, And the one that ended up winning out was uh, doing separate sessions. So the evil characters will have their session one week and then the other the next week, the good characters will have their session and back and forth until we come to the final Session, we'll all be back together and we'll do our thing. Yep, it's gonna be great, <laughs> yeah. Um, which I'm i'm super excited for. Um, but uh, I lost where train were you of going with now. that? Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. <laughs> I
1: think we were talking about um, the, one-on-ones the one on ones. That's right, zeros. okay. So
0: while you're having your session with the evil guys this week, right. this upcoming week, I'm actually meeting with Leif and uh, Nick to do their session one-on-one session for my campaign yes um so that way i'll have those taken care of we'll set up a time for you and i to do it for your character and then i do want to try and get as many of us as possible together for like the first first session um just so that i can kind of Establish. You know, establish the this is your group this is what's happening you're a part of a team you're not yes. always going to move as one full cohesive unit but you are going to play to each other's strengths it makes sense yeah. that whole ordeal um that's the the plan that i want for um for getting everything started and getting the groundwork laid so um, is it possible then
1: if we have our session zeros individually do you want is it possible to have like you're doing it with Leif and who else? Just Leif. And Nick. Well, Leif so and like, Nick, both. They're, they're not both... going to be at
0: the same time. Like They're both going to be here, but I'm going to have one session that's going to be with Nick, and then one session that's going to be with Leif. In the same day?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So like they'll rotate out or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. That's exactly what I was envisioning. Okay. Um, so you have the session zeros kind of establishing each character and mm-hmm. kind of going through how they'll relate to your campaign overall mm-hmm. now instead of these being one shots in which they're not connected these are all interconnected correct yes for the in, most in part. ways
0: there are going to be some little like side like it's going to be very similar to playing a game like fallout where like you have a main storyline that you're kind of following and then there's little missions that'll pop up here there and everywhere that could take you down another branch possibly could take you a different direction with the story or could have absolutely no relation to anything, but you want to do it because it's some experience. Um, and so these are all kind of going to be available for choice. And then I'm also planning on creating ones that tie into the characters backstories as well. So that way, you know, it's going to kind of keep the players invested in something So like with your character There's a couple of names that were mentioned Aha. In the background of your character That I'm not going to spell uh, Just I'm in case excited. you know you don't want that out there For public knowledge lo- for the players I, I'll, I'll talk about it I don't care um, <laughs> But uh, they like I do plan on having a couple of missions that are going to connect your character specifically to what it is, although it'll be a one shot based that will affect where the story goes further. Sure. So it's kind of almost going to be more of like a choose your own adventure type game where like I don't actually have a specific direction I want to end this at the moment. It's going to be based on what you guys do with your characters in the missions that get created and where your backstory and your decisions take you from there that are going to take us there. And the conclusion will kind of form as we go. Yeah. I see. Uh, once, uh, once we hit a certain point, that's when I'll go, okay, this is where we're like, that's when my brain will finally tie it together and go, <laughs> this is where we're headed. This is what we're going to. Right. And so basically like the first probably month or two of the, Sessions that I do with you guys is what's going to end up dictating where we go with this. Okay,
1: yeah, um, and so my character specifically, mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about it, but <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, def- I definitely wanted to make a more in-depth background. This is probably the most th- most thought I've put into a character since like my Shadowrun character. I was and very excited
0: when I started reading through the backstory that you had for me, uh, for, like, for your character. Let me know I if you like, want me to oh, send it word. to you. I know I, s- I, I will you want it, it, it eventually. I send it.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's a cool backstory thing. It's nice. It's pretty classic, you know. Um, but uh, what, I, what was cool was that I can... What's cool about your campaign is that you can kind of insert almost anything in terms of a backstory or character relationships into what you're doing because like the the organization being so mysterious and everyone kind of finding their way in then like okay so why is your character in the in the organization you know like Mm -hmm. who's involved like who's at the top like who runs this thing are they good are they bad like it'll be so exciting to kind of reveal all of those things um with everybody's character I think that's what I'm excited for. And from what I've talked to from everybody else, like Philip and River and Life, I've talked to them and they are super excited. Uh, <laughs> um,
0: Philip started messaging me about stuff. and... Uh, yeah, he's really he's excited like, to play he's Blood like, He's so excited. Yeah.
1: Oh, he's super pumped. We were like, good for you, man. It's so cool. Our friend Philip, <laughs> uh, I think he's listened to the podcast before, but. Our friend Philip, he's he's super new to D and D. This mm-hmm. my campaign is the first one he's ever done. Yep, we helped him out a ton along the way. Luckily, he's got so many great people who just know D and D like the back of their hands that he can <laughs> rely on and and know it for advice on. But um, he started so brand new, and he's just a natural at it. Like oh, he yeah. just picked up so quick, and now he's playing one of the most complicated, or at least he wants to play one of the most complicated classes that I know of out there. Um,
0: and I think that's awesome. I yeah, big big shout out to Matt Mercer and his creation of the Blood Hunter class. Um, honestly, it's yeah. There's a lot of a lot of complication to it. Um, he also was you know messaging me verifying like how the blood magic's going to work in comparison to other magics. Because uh, one thing that we hadn't mentioned yet is in my campaign, I'm actually instituting a uh, an unstable magic. Basically, uh, what I've said is that the the weave of magic over time, because we're playing in a modern set- setting, um, the weave of magic has kind of started to, to fall into disrepair because a lot more people are relying on electricity and science and, you know, tangible things that they can see um, rather than continue with the practice of magic. Um And so what happens is, is as the weave starts to kind of fall into disrepair, it makes things unstable. So uh, any spell above level one uh, could have some serious drawbacks, backfires, etc., making it a little more difficult uh, to kind of do things magically without having a serious issue. Um, so he was messaging me asking about blood Hunter because they use blood magic, which is technically magic, but there's only one of their classes that actually utilizes spell slots. The rest of it is just like an innate ability Te- with the blood and yeah whatnot, yeah so it's it's more of from a technical stance than a magical stance so and so i probably did probably good mostly. i did assure him that as long as he doesn't use that class that utilizes those um if there were any like any possible drawbacks it would only be on like the more impactful blood magic so like later in the game
1: that makes a lot of sense yeah Yeah. Um, So I know he's very excited for that. We're actually going to help him create, I think, his character a little bit Um, when we do our little evil session. We're going to have like a little preliminary area where we kind of help the other two that are coming into the session um, make their characters. We're also going to help Philip kind of flesh out his blood hunter a little bit. But as far as I know, everybody's very pumped for this because it's it's such a freedom. It's so free. Like there's a commitment to it. But at the same time, like if you don't want to play that week or you can't play that week and like you don't want to stress about attending, you just you don't have to, which is awesome. Oh, and you have like a priority sort of list, right?
0: Yes. So the way that I had the priority setting set up, because I know that like there's a handful of people in the group that are like, if D&D is an option and I'm not busy, I'm there, period. Right and there's a handful of them that you know they they get busy they have a hard time like uh our buddy christian that listens to the podcast very regularly is always messaging me about stuff that's going on with the podcast his opinions on stuff constantly we need to get his ass on here by the way i know right get your ass over here christian uh (laughs) so i talked to him about getting into the uh into the game and being a part of it and he's he's excited to be a part of it too and he's he tends to be fairly busy. Um, you know, he's, he works a hard job. He's doing, you know, it, he's doing, uh, uh, care at a facility. Right. So, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so he's tired when he's done working and he's working a lot. So, you know, when he is available to play, if it's been a couple of weeks since he's been able to play, I'm going to, you know, mark him as a priority, uh, which means that whoever has played the most games, if they are already on there, like let's say, let's say I have a game, I go, it's going to be four people available for this one. I need four people for this. Um, you know, let me know. It'll be first come, first serve as long as there's no priority player. If a priority player is around, the thing fills up, and the priority player says, "Hey, I'm actually available and really want to play that day." they have priority they will bump whoever has played the most games that's on that list so someone like leif who's usually like hey i'm here i'm there every (laughs) single time unless it's absolutely pertinent to his story like let's say it's a mission that's connected to his background unless that's the case since he's played the most i'll be like hey um You've played, you know, the last three sessions that we've had. Christian's available. He's got a priority pass. So he priority wants to be pass. a part of this one and he's going to bump you on this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good system. I really do, like especially when you have so many people who want to play. It's super fair too, you know, because it's that's, like these people haven't gotten a chance to play, so let's give yeah. them a chance.
0: And so I tried to find like what was going to be the the best way to do that, and I think as long that's as smart, I have man. that conversation with everybody like, "Hey, this is how it's going to work. This is like I'm going to be keeping track of it cuz I'm going to make sure I'm going to have a separate board that's like these are the people that have played this one, this one, this one. I'll be able to see from reference, look, these are the people people that played this so this person with priority pass you know this one the last three this person's occurred in all three of them unless it's directly connected to their backstory or something specific to their character hey you've played the most out of everybody that's responded to this one this person has a priority pass because they haven't been in for a couple of weeks i'm gonna have to bump you for this one right right and like I, just about everybody in the group that I've talked to about doing that has been completely cool with that. I don't um, see who
1: wouldn't, honestly. I mean, yeah. it's that's a pretty fair system, I think. Um, well, uh, we're get, we're coming up on like a half hour talk time <laughs> on this topic, which is honest. I think it's fine. Um, yeah. So we'll have to move it along. But I do want to talk just a little bit more on it, just because mm-hmm. um, I'm curious. So we'll so we'll have multiple possibly multiple uh sessions in which they relate to our characters yes possibly depending on what happens i assume for each one yeah okay
0: basically it'll be a i'll take some it'll be one of those like connection from your backstory and then depending on how it goes we may find a close in that one shot or we may find another clue that pushes to another section of it right generally what happens is it'll be like this is connected to this player's backstory they're going to be a part of this one okay we're going but i'm not going to tell them on the first one that it's specifically connected to their backstory i'm just going to be like here's the one for your backstory like as we're going here's that connection (laughs) and then if they manage you know if they hit a spot where it closes okay you know that one's done there's a part for your backstory. We'll probably come back to something else related to your backstory another time. Later, but right yeah. now this one's closed. If they don't find a close to it, then it's like, Hey, here's this open end. Your character's going to have to spend downtime or something like that. Interactions with NPCs, whatever in between trying to get something together to figure out this next session. And then once I've got that session set, ready to go, I'll say, Hey, look, here's your character. What day works best for you? This is the mission for it. You're ready to, you know, move on to the the next, you know, stage of this thread for your background. Um, and then I'll also depending on what it is i'll also likely give them the option to assemble their team so if they you know have if it's four people that's going and it's their mission i'll say yeah if you want to with this one you can kind of pick who you want to take with you so people that are available if you want to ask them first and go and that'll be that'll be one of those like where priority pass won't affect quite as much um because that person was able to to build their own team for it. Um but that's kind of a, a separate really like intriguing. mini thing. It's not gonna happen very often. Okay. Damn, yeah. That's that's gonna be very interesting, very cool. It's, I uh, it's gonna be very story based.
1: I uh, I'm excited. I pitched to you my character. I'm mm-hmm. very excited for that. Um I would love to talk about it just a little bit. Sure. Um, my character I created, and full disclosure, I'm not that creative with names, so I used a name generator, by the way, so this is where the name is gonna come from, okay? Um, (laughs) so my character's name in, uh, Kevin's game here is gonna be, and this will hopefully just bring a little bit of, like, context and taste to people, like, kinda getting a feel for, like, um, hopefully what some of our characters are going to be like, but, uh, so the, his name is going to be Ray Blackmore, very D and D like. Um, he'll have a. Is it still required that we have code names? I put one down. I don't even know if, because I know when we had that one, one shot we had code names, but that was for something else. That was for later on.
0: So that was with that one shot. That was actually a, a thing that I stole from. Uh, uh, Dwayne from Lawful Stupid, um, he did a little teaser one shot for his upcoming campaign because they're coming close to the close of campaign three and moving into campaign four. Right, um, and I kind of I borrowed that from him. I ran a uh, a teaser one shot for uh, the group um, for you know my upcoming campaign. And I let them kind of create a high-level character and let them kind of play through, like, feel out how the world works and kind of give me a chance to test some of the mechanics, the homebrew mechanics that I was working on, like the Unstable Magic. And then, um, additionally, I also, you know added the caveat that i could utilize the character that they made for this one shot as an npc in the campaign um that could possibly you know pop up later uh basically the code name was it it is a a requirement of each of the um members of the uh the organization so do keep that in mind but you won't necessarily utilize it just yet and there's a possibility that the one that you've picked will not be the one that you end up going with gotcha Um, okay because it's going to be, you'll pick your code name a little bit down the line.
1: That makes more sense. Okay, I wasn't sure like if you're... we needed one, so when I made it, I just kind of threw yeah. it out there. So you're being
0: recruited. So you're starting out as like an initiate, essentially. I see. So they'll yeah. give us one. I see. They they won't give you a code name. You'll you'll get to choose your code name, um, but based on the events that lead up to it, there's a possibility that the code name that you initially planned on will not necessarily be the one that you decide to stick with.
1: That'll be interesting. I wonder how that'll work. Interesting. Um, so anyway, (laughs) Ray's background is, is essentially that, uh, you know, happy go lucky kid in kind of this wealthy family state. Uh, um, until one day, you know, his mother unexpectedly dies of a mysterious circumstance and um, Ray being fairly young at the time, the only thing that he had seen uh, was his father kind of like leaving the area, like kind of leaving and uh, his father left him and left him with enough wealth to take care of himself and kind of like be okay. And then um, along the lines, he meets this dude that helps him when he's being mugged on the street, uh, this dude named Art or Artie. Um, he helps him out and, uh, the two become like a brothers slash, you know, art's kind of like this brother slash father figure kind of person. Uh, and, um, you know, Ray's whole purpose is really just to go get some answers from his father, just to figure out like what the hell happened. Like, why did she have to die? And like, who did it? And and, like, what's going on? So his desire is to have that kind of confrontation, uh, with his father who, um, luckily Kevin said is okay. Uh, (laughs) like, like we always say, talk to your DMs about background stuff. Yep. Luckily Kevin said it was okay for, um, Ray's father, Vincent to, um, be a member of the shadow organization. So that was kind of where Ray's father went. And after like a decade of searching with art, Ray managed to find him in this organization, and therefore he decided to try and get strong enough to join it, hence leading us into the campaign. I left it pretty vague. I wanted to leave it vague so that we could go, or sorry, so that you could go kind of this either a good, bad, or kind of interpret whatever you kind of wanted, um, whatever whatever route you wanted to take with this character um, so that so that you can make it a creative path for Ray to go down with his team, and maybe he'll learn some lessons along the way or whatever. Um, I mean, his personality, he's pretty loyal to the people he likes, um, but he can be pretty rash and make some questionable decisions, especially if it concerns, like, his father's whereabouts and where he might be. So, very excited to play this character. Um, hopefully, the hopefully the is there. I have ideas in my head, but honestly, I wanted to leave it super vague so that you can run with it as a DM, um, so that you're not tailoring to my experience, um, and so that hopefully you can just have this this character that you can utilize whenever you need um so i'm very excited (laughs) this is one of the coolest characters i feel like i've made in a long time i made a cool Shadowrun character a little while ago i was pretty proud of but for the most part whenever i make DD characters they're usually pretty surface level they're not like super in-depth but um for ray i'm really gonna enjoy playing him and kind of and it's going to be so nice to sit down at a DD d <laughs> table and just play instead of <laughs> like know, right? worry about planning and worry <laughs> about just what the hell is going to happen. And it's going to be so nice. So I'm fucking excited for your campaign. I know the others are. We're running on 35 minutes. Is there anything else you can tell us about your campaign that maybe you haven't told the group already that maybe you want to spit out or you want to just keep it? I kinda- there. And-
0: I'll, I'll go through, I'll just kind of go through some of the, like, some of the adjustments that I'm utilizing uh, for, like, rule sets and stuff. Um, so, I'm actually, in our group, we have um, pretty regularly stuck to the, if it's a nat 20, it succeeds no matter what it is. Usually. Um, which, you know, isn't technically... Uh, rule in 5th edition D&D technically a nat 20 and a crit fail are only specific to uh, combat Uh, I'm actually going to be uh, returning back to that so a nat 20 will not guarantee you a success um, and a crit fail will not guarantee a failure unless it is in combat which I would imagine there's some pretty high
1: skill cap checks i would assume some difficulty checks because it's gonna go above 20 that's gonna be pretty i I assume it'll be pretty difficult but like you know in my game right now people are hitting 30s 35s you know with their skill checks so yeah you know we'll get there eventually with yours i assume but that'll be exciting um you'll have to share with me your thoughts on developing harder skill checks and just kind of like how you set the bar for those because i'm very mm. bad at that actually
0: <laughs> i have um, a hard time too sometimes like sometimes i'm like yeah they should probably get a this like that's probably going to be hard too and then like that's probably going to be a hard one like we'll probably have like two people and then somehow everybody's dice are just on fire on that one and they just and i'm like holy shit All yeah, right, And then so, sometimes like I'll, you failed and that's it and
1: sometimes <laughs> i'll set one that's like you know a 25 and i'm like there you go they could hit that and they roll and it's like seven and i'm like yeah was that too high? (laughs) You know, I'm like, was that too hard? Sometimes it's it's just
0: the way the dice go. Yeah.
1: And that can make it really hard to know where, and that's just, I think that just comes with DM experience, honestly. But
0: anyway, (laughs) so other things that I'm implementing, uh, I actually have, uh, decided that I'm going to implement where it's, uh, actually you know uh, applicable I'm going to be using the narrative combat uh, homebrew rules that uh, Lawful Stupid have developed and uh, released to their patrons I I I love the way that it works. I really, really like their narrative combat rules. So I'm very excited to uh, utilize those in my own campaign.
1: Is there a way you can give a quick one minute rundown or is that going to take more time? Uh,
0: Yeah, give a quick rundown. So basically uh, narrative combat is something that rather than like going through a full initiative round and going through full combat rounds, uh, it breaks down into uh, body, mind and heart scores, I believe are what they are and you roll just a d6 plus your modifier for those to determine outcomes and the basically like you tell the dm what you're trying to do and how you're trying to do it and the dm will tell you what level of impact it's going to be on what you're trying to do in the combat um and then you'll roll and then based on how you roll will depend on whether it's a success or a failure, and then they'll kind of guide it through that way. So it's kind of like shortening combat a little bit. It leaves more room for description and, uh, imagination and it works really well for like, if you're fighting like a large crowd of enemies that aren't super, they're not like super high health, it's just kind of like a, yeah, we're trying to fight through this, or like say you're running like, uh, rather than a fight scene, you're running like a chase scene. Um, you know, you've got this horde of whatever coming at you, or this, you know, large being that's coming at you, and what you're doing is you're doing everything you can to try and get away from it. Like now you're gonna, you know, I'm gonna I wanna use this skill to be able to do this thing to block its path, to stop it from da da da. Like, okay, it's gonna be high impact, roll your deal. Okay, you you do so, this is how it happens, da da da. It slows down the creature by this much. Stuff like that it makes it to where rather than just like oh just keep making acrobatics and athletics checks to run away keep da 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 like you yeah, kind of give like
1: them a repetitive. chance to
0: you give them a chance to kind of um be more descriptive and and uh, try a few different things so
1: mm-hmm. that'll be that'll be very very cool it also yeah. keeps them involved too because mm-hmm. they're because then while they're being descriptive and achieving what they want they still roll um, yeah but it's but it's it's more streamlined it's yeah. easier to kind of cinematically
0: illustrate mm-hmm. what's going on. And then I also, as I stated, I'm using uh, um, Unstable Magic, uh, which I've created an entire table of good, bad, and neutral effects that will be rolled on for whenever things do go awry um, for uh, spellcasting. I also have taken all of the gods of the existing pantheon as well as a handful of homebrew gods that are available in the universe that i have created with my players um and i have uh marked them all with like power levels how much effect they have on the world at this time and like this current time and place um so that's also going to you know help or harm players based on if they are following a god what that you know that god's power level is i was gonna ask whenever they're doing anything that connects with the gods i see i was gonna ask you if there were gods in your campaign but it looks like a yes okay um i'm trying to think i think that's the majority i also i toyed with the idea of utilizing spell points instead of spell slots i remember that
1: yeah Um, we talked about that i'm still really
0: on the fence about it because like i i like it but i feel like with all of the extra stuff that i'm putting in already it might be too much to also add in that extra variable
1: i wouldn't yeah because it's gonna be so much for you to keep track of and yeah. remember and you so know, while you, I, you don't want to just scrap some of the stuff you've worked really hard to yeah in my I, opinion that's just my opinion
0: while i prefer the freedom of the spell points uh variation rule that's in the dmg um You'd it also
1: just, have to help teach people, too. Yeah, that would,
0: exactly. It's another mechanic that I'm going to have to teach people how to do, and I, I'm i worried about adding too many things onto the plate of my players, because I feel like too much extra stuff is going to make it less fun for them, because they're going to be too focused on trying to follow the new rules.
1: Yeah. Spell points, I think, is a great system, but I think yeah.
0: it's, it's just a lot for uh, yeah. a campaign that you've already added so some other mechanics, too for anyone who doesn't know what the spell point system is it's outlined in the dmg essentially there's a table that marks like how many points a spell costs and how many points you would have at a certain caster level so instead of using spell slots where in the game you have you know x number of first level second level third level fourth level etc 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 onto nine level spell slots you have a certain number of them that you can you know cast and that's how it goes Um, when you run out of first level spell slots you can't cast first level spells unless you upcast them into higher spell slot levels with spell points you can cast any level with the points that you have at any point so I could just spam first level spells with spell points and never run out of first level spells but I wouldn't be upcasting you know until I you know I'd, I'd run out of first level spells when I ran out of spell points right yeah Which another thing that a lot of people like to point out as well, that also grants a little bit extra power because now instead of one, let's say a 20th level character, instead of one ninth level spell, you've got, you know, however many you could do with the spell points your character has at 20th level, which I agree. But at the same time, it exhausts your character really quickly. So if you have the ability to cast, you know, all of these spells with these points, but you've got enough points to cast three ninth level spells when you hit nine like if you cast all three of those ninth level spells and now you're out of points right you're done like that's you're a one-off it's a pretty
1: big trade yeah which i like a lot more especially because with with conventional spell slots you you kind of burn them a lot Mm -hmm. and that can really hurt long term especially if you don't have a rest in between sessions that can hurt a lot long term and it really limits caster's abilities to do things you t- like utility wise because most of the time you're saving your spell slots for combat really yep. but i mean very rarely are you going to be using your spell slots for utility because like it's going to burn a slot you're like i don't want to waste a slot for that but if you have the points you know maybe you could spend a couple points for a spell for utility and still have some points left over a good amount for you know combat later yeah and i think it's just a better way to balance kind of that that give and take from utility and combat. Um, well, you know, we, we've probably gone way too long on this, (laughs) to tell you the truth, because we're at 45 minutes.
0: (laughs) All of our D and D lovers will be happy about it. Hopefully.
1: I hope it was entertaining for people to listen to. I really, I think it's going to be a great campaign. I'm so pumped for it. It's going to be so nice to sit and play with you and just, um, enjoy being around everybody (laughs) rather than worrying about plans and stuff. So Mm -hmm. for me personally, it's going to be such a good reprieve and i think that what you're thinking out and what you're planning out i think you said you wrote down like 70 something or 80 something cities or something like that I, yeah
0: i named i named 70 some odd cities just like yeah. the other night so i
1: just i'm very excited with how well you've planned everything out and it's it's very cool to see you kind of flush out this entire world that you're creating and that's what i'm about i love original content i just don't run modules that's just not my thing yeah so um fucking excited man i hope whoever listened is also kind of excited. I <laughs> uh, Maybe we could throw around ideas of possibly when we do like one of those one shots of like side missions. Maybe we could get one or two people in here to record with us while we do it. Possibly. I think that would be fun.
0: I'd be okay um, with that.
1: You know, provided we can just streamline the setup. Yeah. So anyway, without further ado, we will end this topic here and move <laughs> on to one of the many
0: that you have for us today, Kevin. We might not, we probably won't get to all of them. <laughs> say, it's It's alright if we all... I'll get in. Let's, uh, let's start with the bigger one of the two so we can knock it out. Or at least for me, anyways. Um, so, you know how you've been nagging me about catching up on the shows that I have been yes, needing to watch that God, are in the man. Marvel Universe to understand things? So, I knocked out WandaVision. Woo! I've seen WandaVision. What did you think? I've been through... Oh, my God. Wasn't it was sad? I was so excited about WandaVision. It, like, it was sad, but it was also like, <laughs> they're finally showing her goddamn power! Ah! So, <laughs> I, I feel like a
1: lot of Scarlet Witch fans were, th- were feeling the same I was, way.
0: <laughs> I was so excited. Like, I, yeah, I I very much enjoyed it. It left me with a couple of questions and a few ideas. Um, so I went through a handful of little breakdown things on stuff that I kind of either gleaned or know is coming, stuff like that. Um, so, of course, everyone that really caught it, I don't know if everyone did, but Project Cataract uh, was the project that they were, uh, trying to r- put back together and re, uh, activate vision. And he came out completely that's white, right. which the that's right. cataracts and in your eyes will turn your eyes white. That's <laughs> right. He, uh, <laughs> he was like on the table, they were dissecting him and stuff. That's yeah. right. I remember. And then they, by the end of it, they put him back together. So essentially like, vision back. Kind and of. Me, yeah, kind of. Not, um, not, not the stone vision, but Yeah. A version of Vision, which yeah. obviously he's going to come back at some point. We're going to see him again. They're not just going like you know, to launch kind of, him away.
1: It looked like he sort of adopted the um, Vision that Wanda had created a little bit when they had their conversation with each other. It looked like he was
0: kind of like, oh, this is who I am? Like, I got to figure this out. So he left again. So that was the, the two ships thing uh, was very a very interesting conundrum. So basically the way that they were kind of uh, going over who is what is... Uh, two ships basically over time if you take a ship an original ship and you replace boards on that ship yeah a little bit of time a little bit of a time a little bit of a time but the sh- the boards that you take off you build another ship with the conundrum is you know which ship is the real ship um which in a way both ships are the real ship I've heard I've heard
1: this same. It's a very philosophical analogy that they brought yeah. out of nowhere, honestly. But it yeah. is very good for Wanda's character and what she so, was going through. But yeah, I've heard that, that was... analogy used with houses too. You know, mm-hmm. like if you if you tear down a house and then rebuild it, like to mm-hmm. make it better or whatever, is that original house that you had, like maybe with your lover or something, like the same house? Is it still the same or not? You know. <laughs>
0: And so that was, that was kind of the argument that the two, the white vision and the, the hex vision were kind of, uh, contemplating over and over. And I guess the solution that they kind of came down to is that they both are equally the real vision. Um, so if the white visions programming was to destroy the, the vision, you know, he needed to destroy himself as well. Um, which that was that last little bit that. Uh, Hex Vision does where he like touches his head and the eyes change, yeah. he unlocked the the um, archives, the memories that were his own inside that Vision's head, because yes. they were locked away, stored away, so he likely, I'm assuming, he flew off, they didn't really explain where he went. Yeah, he just um, kind of left. <laughs> anybody Anybody who has seen other things, if you know where Vision went, please don't message me telling me. I will find it out as I get there. We'll figure it uh, out.
1: <laughs> as far as I know, no, nowhere else has hinted at him. Okay. So as far as I know, it's not out there yet.
0: Okay, so, but anyway, so he kind of wanders off, which I'm assuming was for a self-contemplation little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah find um, out who he is. I also was laughing because I mentioned the Darkhold uh, in, I think, not the episode that you just put out, but the episode before that, 30. Okay. Uh, I believe I mentioned the, the Darkhold, and I had asked questions about it, and you were like, I don't know. And I was like... Watching WandaVision oh, Wait a minute The Darkhold Yeah it's a book That's like they explained it In the WandaVision Did not,
1: No 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 I'm pretty sure you said that And at first I was like I don't know But then I thought about then it And it I thought about the book like, And okay. I was like Wait a minute Actually I think it is okay. And I was like I'm pretty sure Yeah. And I was like I think I know what you're talking so about yeah, I think a, you need to watch WandaVision It's <laughs> the
0: book It's the book that's in um, In uh, Now I'm gonna space her name uh, Agatha in Agatha's, Agatha's basement. Yep. Um which I did a little bit of looking into Agatha because I knew okay so when she said her name I she was like out of <laughs> I know that name. Why do I know that name? It's going to drive me insane until I figure it out. Finally, I ended up googling it because for whatever reason my brain just would not make the connection. I knew the name but I couldn't She's connected to the Fantastic Four. Is she? She has ties back to uh, Reed and Susan's son, Franklin. Okay. that's how I know about her, because Franklin is one of the most powerful beings in the existing uh, existence of Marvel Universe. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like this guy is crazy powerful. (laughs) That's so funny because that's that's hilarious,
1: because lately there's been so much talk about them bringing the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Like there's just been so many rumors, so many like. We'll we'll probably talk about it at some point in the future, but um, they've just been teasing so much about the Fantastic Four coming back,
0: so that's really funny that Agatha has a
1: connection to them. Yeah. That's just funny.
0: So, another thing that caught my attention as we were watching was the episode where they bring back Pietro. Bring oh, back, quote-unquote.
1: The, the Quicksilver? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, because that's the X-Men version. <laughs> yeah, that's the X-Men, That's the dude. actor that plays the X-Men version, and he shows, I was like... <gasps>
1: You're like, we're connecting the X-Men.
0: Okay. We're connecting the X-Men. We, I mean, we already saw, I already talked about it in the the last episode that we recorded, which hasn't come out just yet, but, um, it will in a few days. (laughs) It, it will have come out by the time this one airs. So, um, anyway, that we had talked about how, uh, uh Charles Xavier is making an appearance. He's you know, the original Charles Xavier is making his uh return in Multiverse of Madness with Dr. Strange. So there is a tie to connect the X-Men into the MCU already. That really got me excited watching it out of pace and then finding out later that it was just a, a dick joke. I was sad because he was Ralph Boner. Oh. <laughs>
1: oh, because his actual character was yeah. Ralph. I, I'm sure that they'll bring him back. Like, there's point. a
0: possibility that they may try to reconnect that anyway, but they teased him and then they were just like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, look, see, Quicksilver, da-da-da. And then it was like, oh, he's under Agatha's control. His person's actual name is Ralph a Boner. Fake
1: dude, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not even <laughs> he a the
0: fuck? Um,
1: um, anyway, the, the whole... I know you don't just want to talk about WandaVision, so we should probably wrap up, because you've watched more than just WandaVision, right? I
0: am about three episodes into Loki okay. right now,
1: so, so not Wanda- enough to talk yet. WandaVision, little bit of final thoughts on it, to be honest. Uh, could- honestly,
0: the big thing that I'm excited for to see coming up later, uh, her children, Young Avengers... Young Avengers, her children are Speed and Wiccan. In Young Avengers, yes, they dematerialize, but they are reborn into children later in the comic book universe. So that's another door.
1: Interesting. So, Because <laughs> her whole thing with getting her children back is, of, is of course, what's going to lead mm-hmm. us into the conflict with Strange in yep. Multiverse of Madness. Because she's going to say... I want them back and it's unfair that you can alter reality to get what you want, but I can't. Yep. And that's essentially where her motivations lie which was very exciting. But it, it'll it'll make me curious if they do decide to make the Young Avengers a thing probably super down the road <laughs> yeah. how they'll get there. Maybe at the end of Multiverse and Madness we'll find some kind of alternative for, for Scarlet Witch.
0: My theory, if I may, um, <laughs> if as I've I may, stated, yeah. I, I believe that Marvel is really like the Marvel Studios is slowly pushing into this dark, dread, despair, broken, you know, the Avengers falling apart, all of them kind of going their separate ways, so on and so forth. That actually, in the comics, ends up leading to Young Justice. Vision creates a like a doomsday protocol that finds Young Justice. Isn't that, Young isn't that DC? That's isn't DC, that... yeah, Young Justice, yeah. Did I say Young Justice? Yeah. Uh, I meant Young Avengers. Um, Young Avengers, sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, Vision kind of creates this protocol that would collect these new, younger superheroes to become the Young Avengers uh, in case of need later. And um, Wiccan ends up finding this And utilizing it to uh, like help with assembling the team in the comics. I personally think that there's a good possibility they're going to go down this dark road. And you know how I said that there was going to be new ones that came up and started like were striving to kind of create the light back, like bring the light of Marvel back because we were in this dark dread despair time. Yeah. I'm going to go with because of that opening. I think Young Avengers is going to be that light. I think they're going to push that direction slowly and Young Avengers will be that light that brings us back from all the darkness that they're giving us. That'll make a lot of sense. Uh,
1: You've been pretty on point with your predictions, I would (laughs) say, so far. Um, One thing I also believe that they're leaning kind of down, this was kind of on my own research. I think I've mentioned it before. I might have mentioned it to you off cast. Um, And that's Noel. The storyline with Noel, the Mm. being and they're, I 100% believe that they're going to go that kind of route because um we've already seen uh, I watched Eternals by the way. I don't know if you have. I haven't yet. For I really record, want to. For the record, I'm just going to get this out there. Eternals actually really good. But everybody was saying it was kind of like this weird Marvel movie. It's not great. Blah, blah, blah. Really good actually. I can okay. it's one of those movies you go into it like kind of wondering like, what the hell's going on and then like by the end you hit the end and you're like that was actually pretty good. I'd, I'd watch it again, you know, um, but it had so much valuable information for the setup of the future. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a must watch for for lore. And I think once you watch it, you're gonna be like, oh my god, because they're talking about you know the Eternals. They're talking about um, shit. What are those beings called? The giant ones that the uh, the the collector is on. He hosts his planet on one of their corpses. Uh, Titans. Nah, no, no? it's something else, some kind of I cosmic, cosmic a... sounding being. I can't remember what they're called.
0: Because I was on nowhere, I could have swore that was that was within the head of a dead titan.
1: Okay, everybody, hold your horses. We're gonna look this up really quick, <laughs> just because I can't remember the name. Um, the Collector MCU. Let me see.
0: Yeah, the, I could have. I swear. Uh, Hang on a second. <laughs> we're I, we're I gonna settle this. <laughs> we're gonna get this figured out. Um. Nowhere, facts, MCU, reality stone, Jesus. Nowhere. I'll have to cut this location. down. We will cut this down. Da-da-da. Enormous severed head of an ancient celestial being. Celestial. I think that's what they're is called. What I are. think they're just called celestial. celestials. Of oh, a yes. deceased celestial avatar. Okay, so it's yes, a, yeah, it's, it's a, a celestial. celestial. That's what it was. Which is it's a, uh Isn't that what? Uh, That's what Peter Quill's dad is, too, isn't he? He's a Celestial. Uh, Wasn't that what he was? Was a Celestial?
1: I think so. I'm pretty sure. Because he was was a whole planet, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty
1: sure. Anyway, there's a whole thing with the Celestials, of them being born and exploding out of planets, and there's a timer, there's Thanos reducing that timer because of the blip. (laughs) There's, I mean, it goes way in depth, but... Basically, it all amounts to these Celestials being born so that they can fight Null. Okay. Essentially, is where that roadmap kind of ends. Not sure if that's where MCU is going to go for it, but the Eternals kind of revealed that, like, yeah, there's a Celestial in—spoilers, uh, I guess, <laughs> if you're listening. I hope—hopefully this isn't ruining anyone's day, but I supposedly there's—I uh, guess, <laughs> not supposedly, but there is a Celestial in Earth, and because mm-hmm. of the blip— It reduced that Celestial's timer because apparently it's about to pop and destroy the world. But apparently that blip kind of reduced the timer of the Celestial. Um, And so the Avengers are the next idea is that they are pursuing the the Celestials to fight them to keep them from being born or whatever to save planets. But that will also bring about the progression of Null because the Celestials won't be there to fight him. Mm. and we've already seen and in Eternals you do see kind of one of the Celestials they talk to one of the Celestials and they oh man it's a big deal so there's some big plans moving forward and the of course the um Symbiote is involved as mm. well <laughs> yeah um Noel has a sword that sort of uh, it is a Symbiote so mm. they are collectively their collective conscious knows a lot more than we already know um, hence, you know, venom knowing Tom Holland's Peter Parker, apparently that's going to get a whole lot deeper. So I think Excellent. that we, I think we're going to see a return of venom crossing into the MCU a hundred percent eventually. Um, so that's a whole lot of information to dump. I just had to go on it because you were going on this predictive route and I'm wondering if they'll take the young Avengers to fight Noel. Maybe. possibly like I, I don't say, know we'll see
0: we'll see how my prediction morphs as I finish Loki and watch <laughs> uh, Eternals and yeah, watch, to what watch, what watch the
1: ATV too there's a whole thing with Loki is that the way it ends and maybe we'll have to move on to your other topic after this I don't know if you really want to get to it or not
0: I can get to it it'll be a short one
1: okay that, that that'd be perfect um but with Loki, there's a whole narrative thread that they just kinda end with Loki and they haven't talked about it since. But it's a huge thread. It's a huge deal. It's it's a very big deal <laughs> what mm-hmm. happens, because you already know about the ATV, right? I think.
0: Yeah, the By episode uh, three,
1: the organization that he's yeah, yeah, now yeah, involved yeah. in. Yeah. There's a huge deal at the end of that that <laughs> oh my god, it's it's catastrophic. And they just haven't touched on it in any of the shows. They haven't touched on it in any of the movies, so I'm wondering when that's going to come into play, probably in Multiverse Madness.
0: So we'll see. Also, uh, just saw I saw an article earlier today. I didn't read it too in-depth because I figured it would give me Loki spoilers. But apparently, Tom Hiddleston says that he is just a temporary torch holder for Loki. So he's probably not going to be continuing as Loki for very much longer, according wait, 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 to that article. Wait, like our, our beloved Loki actor yeah, this whole time? He's yeah. not going to be Loki very much longer? That's what the art, that's, I didn't read the article, I just read the headline and like the little brief summary underneath, but apparently, yeah, he said that he is just a temporary torch holder for the uh, this Loki, will not stand.
1: So. I will not have it. I need my, I need my man wearing mother's drapes. <laughs> <laughs> I need him. Shakespeare
0: uh, in the Park, yeah. doth mother know you weareth her drapes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, man. Oh. Uh. That's sad. Okay. Well, thanks yeah. for bumming me out.
0: Sorry, This <laughs> <laughs> is a fun little tidbit that I thought. I, I don't yeah. know. I'll have to tell you what I think is going to happen with that once I finish Loki.
1: Um, I know it cut you off a lot. Is there any other thoughts on
0: WandaVision that you wanted to get out before we moved on? I'm interested to see what happens with Monica. Because it definitely seemed like she became a mutant Received some sort of power When she pushed herself through that barrier
1: Yeah, um, I'm
0: assuming that'll come to light later In something else She was
1: not my favorite character I'll admit she was, I, I didn't like that she all of a sudden got powers But eh, it's not the first time that's happened So, But
0: yeah outside of that um, I'm excited I think I really think they're going to revisit Agatha And bring her back as the more Mentor teacher figure that she is In the comic books for Wanda you think I so? really hope they do um, <laughs> that'll be we'll interesting.
1: See. We'll see. People have also analyzed Wanda in the Multiverse of Madness trailers. Apparently she has dark fingertips in some of those trailers, which means she's very clearly using the dark magic, mm-hmm. but also that it's feeding off of her, much like it did with Agatha. Well, that's, so uh, that'll be interesting.
0: One thing with the Marvel Universe is like the black fingers is just kind of like a symbolism for being a witch. Oh, is it? Powerful oh, okay. witches tend because to have thought... like black fingers. That's oh. why Agatha's fingers were, were black uh, when she started utilizing her powers. That's why Wanda started to turn black as when her like power or... was being like pulled away from her, because um, she was obviously starting to utilize spells. That's she was casting the the runes to create the anti magic zone. Oh, and the, and yeah.
1: What did, What did you think about the
0: whole black and white thing? That's that's the, there oh, like the throughout start, half like of the, the show. What the did you think of that? I honestly, I really enjoyed the like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s sitcom thing that they had going on. I thought it was okay uh, for the first little bit. I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. But yeah. I also grew up watching a lot of the yeah, older yeah. sitcoms like <laughs> watching that, watching Leave so It so like, to
1: Beaver and fucking yeah. all the other ones. Yeah, Andy Griffith's show. Andy Griffith, yeah, yeah.
0: Like I grew up watching shows like that, so that honestly, I was like. Okay, okay, I can I can it. get with this. They did a pretty good job making it, too. I mean, oh, like, yeah, they did a really real. good job of kind of encapsulating, like, there was one that almost seemed like a shot-for-shot, shot, like, parody of Full House for a second. One thing I didn't <laughs> understand is,
1: like, why is she trying to keep Vision's thing a secret? Why not just, like, have the townspeople be okay with Vision being a, a, sup- a superhero, essentially, like is it because she just wanted that normal life is that I
0: think that's what it was was it was more of a she wanted that normal sitcom style life that was uh, what she was trying to have with him Because obviously she was never going to get that because you know she was an orphan and her, her parents were killed by Stark Tech and yeah, that makes then they sense. were you know pulled from the orphanage and experimented on and you know that's when she became a witch and her brother got the powers super speed and da, 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 like this whole crazy like her life has never ever ever been normal but she loved those old sitcoms when she was living with her when parents because it did flash back her. to that mm-hmm. where like that's what she watched she loved those those were her yeah, favorite we got her- and she like idolized that view so that's what she wanted that's why when she like brainwashed the town and went through the whole thing she was just trying to recreate that because that was what she loved as a kid that was what she wanted yeah we got
1: kind of her backstory um, yeah. sort of I mean there's more obviously but
0: there's more in there but yeah we got a lot more of a window into what happened when agatha took her through all of her different like it'll be so interesting i'm just
1: it'll be it'll just be very interesting to see what they flex for her in multiverse of madness Mm -hmm. and like because agatha even told her like you know your power supersedes the sorcerer supreme Mm -hmm. so like there's nobody that's gonna stop her like (laughs) so if strange wants to try and stop her that's gonna be hard to do uh, he will likely have to convince her to stop somehow. I don't know if there really, it will be a way, it'll all come down to the movie. I'm excited. Things <laughs> that I've
0: been seeing, it looks like the two of them are going to team up. Um. That's what it looks like. But, who knows? But We've if she's using to the dark Marvel magic,
1: before. you know, <laughs> Strange obviously doesn't fuck with the dark magic because no. he's following of Supreme's teachings and, uh. We'll see what Wong says. Wong's been absent. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what Wong says. Wong has just been gone, like... <laughs> yeah. But but he did come back in Shang-Chi. Yep. And I'm excited to see where they take that. I have a feeling they might yeah. bring Shang-Chi in. That would I be think so. I think so. That'll be so now exciting. Now that he's got the Ten Rings, like... I, lo- I need to rewatch that movie. It's so good. I know, right? Anyway, um, we're coming up here in the later third of the cast, so let's get into
0: one last topic. All right, Danny. Did you ever watch futurama god i i love futurama so much okay i really need to that finish intro. all of it because i've i've enjoyed futurama and i just haven't finished They're it bringing it back baby yes they are that's exactly what i was gonna yeah. talk about so <laughs> up until recently fans were pissed because john dimaggio was not listed on the cast list who's the voice voiced? for bender mm. <laughs> but Legendary. uh like Me, end of bender. february i think uh they announced finally that he will be reprising his role as the voice of Bender. Um, so yeah, they're planning on releasing uh, some more Futurama. Oh, they're going to reboot exciting. it on Hulu. But downside, it's not coming out till 2023.
1: Yeah, but honestly, so worth. we gotta wait. But worth the wait
0: they're bringing back everybody i heard yeah
1: all the old yeah. voice from actors, what i saw every so cool. single
0: original voice actor from the show that everybody loved is reprising their role and they are making more episodes so what made, what
1: made you get into futurama i've never heard you mention futurama the entire time i've known you and I've i love had, that show i've
0: had a couple of people mention it to me tell me that i'm pretty sure you're one of them that has I'm told sure me I like you been. would enjoy it you should check it out i'm sure i, I have watched a few episodes and i do enjoy it i just <laughs> Every time I'd start, all of a sudden something else would come up that I'd be like, ooh, that.
1: It's, you know, it's not really a, it's not really a serialized show anyway. It's more of a episodic, Mm -hmm. but they do have a couple of continuous threads that they layer in there and they kind of, you know, it's so funny because it's like these comedy writers, like Futurama, Rick and Morty, like these kind of shows, Simpsons. It's like they love to do episodic adventures, you know, where they do things different every time. Not mm-hmm. every episode is connected. But it's like they can't help themselves but connect some kind of story thread to their characters. It's like it's like this kind of deeper thought bleeds into their work and they just have to let it it's like, go. It's
0: like the D&D campaign that I'm working on for you guys. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, yeah. Disconnected one-shots that and eventually I think, form a story. <laughs> I've always thought that that's kind of interesting how
1: people how like you start off with a show like that and it's just random and it's just funny or whatever but then mm-hmm. it's like people have these great minds and they just can't help but let those cool ideas flow into the works of art which is just so cool and Futurama does that in a really really cool way because it has it's sort of like it's always sunny where like they'll have things pop up um that will come back later into a later episode and you're gonna be like oh i remember that oh my Mm -hmm. god i remember this like whoa they're mentioning it you know um but it's just just little enough that everything is still episodic and still this separate adventure there are also some really good episodes in futurama dude that are uh, like they're funny but they're also super like super thought-provoking and very uh very in depth, like for the characters, they really flesh out their characters. It's, it's so interesting how they do
0: that. Um, if I remember, I watched like the whole first season, and that was where I ended up getting distracted and not coming back to it.
1: First season, I think, is a little rough to get through because that's more of a the char- They're still like working yeah. out who the characters are. Like, I think the I think Professor, I think he's a bit more crazy in the first season. <laughs> like in the first season, he just does this really crazy like like. Screw that and then he just he'll just like kill something or whatever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but in the later seasons you'll see them kinda come together more and especially Fry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's got he's got some cool backstory information that, that'll get revealed and same with Leela. Mm-hmm. Um Fuck, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Because I saw that. I saw Mm -hmm. that happen in the last, like, what is it, week or so that that that's come out? Or a couple weeks?
0: uh, Something like that, I think. I think it was, like, mid to late February. He he tweeted out, I'm back, baby. And it'll be interesting
1: to see what they do with it, because I believe the way they ended the series, Mm -hmm. it was very touching, but it was kind of like a let's go back to where we started Sort of ending I won't spoil it for You so that you mm-hmm. can watch it it's very sweet It's very heartwarming and it, it's Kind of perfect um Or at least I think that was the ending it might not have been But I'm pretty sure it is you'll know What I'm talking about when you run into it <laughs> But uh gotcha. they sort of end it in This like well let's go back to where we started kind of A thing and um And I'll be interested to see how they take It um I don't know What kind of hopefully it'll just be episodic Again Mm-hmm uh animation's definitely different nowadays too Mm -hmm. so i wonder if the art style might change um we'll see i'm excited (laughs) for fry's voice actor to make a return he's so talented the same thing of course bender you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) bender's one of the best characters in any animation (laughs) i've ever seen (laughs) i I love bender (laughs) Uh, he has a kid later it's so funny um so that's cool you're watching it i'm i'm excited for you man i'm excited for you to
0: watch futurama So, but yeah, so that was, yeah, I just like, I kind of, I saw it pop up and I was like, Ooh, Futurama coming back. Okay. I still need to finish, but yeah, coming back. Legendary Um, series. I guess like... I didn't see it, but apparently hashtag Bendergate was like a big thing on social media for a hot minute because of him not being listed on the cast list. Oh, my God. Um, I guess he said in an interview later that basically Hulu just wasn't offering him a fair amount of money for his services. He's very. And that was why he's he was. a very
1: well-known voice actor. Like, yeah. he's pretty prominent in the animation space. I don't see why they would deny that
0: and so that was yeah he was like he just he wasn't coming back because they weren't willing to pay him enough money so it comes back Um, as a hulu
1: original is that what it is yeah
0: and so and but they finally i guess if they finally came to some sort of agreement because yeah he's he is officially confirmed reprising his role as bender so they've got the whole the whole cast coming back perfect that's fucking awesome um
1: Oh, I, I guess uh, for me personally, I watched Smiling Friends. I've talked about it on this cast I know, before. I need to watch that. They got uh, officially confirmed for a season two, baby! Oh yeah, so let's go! I'm excited to watch it. Uh, the creators, it's and again, like I said, bringing it back to the comedy show writers, bleeding you know more mm-hmm. in depth thoughts into their shows. The creators of Smiling Friends were interested in developing their characters more and kind of creating a more serialized show, mm-hmm. which is fucking awesome. I'm excited for that. Um, there's a lot of cool routes they can go with it. So smiling friends is getting the season two. I thought I'd just throw that out there. Oh yeah. Um, now I need to watch it now. You really do. It's so funny. (laughs) Anyone who's listening needs to watch it. It's so good. It's weird at first. I promise, but you'll get used, used to it. Excuse me, Kevin. This would be a really good time. I think to start to close out the cast. We have about 15 minutes with some important announcements yes if, uh, that i know you wanted to get to and i probably will just probably bounce back and forth on them um, so for those listening if you're not interested in the future of the channel and or the future of the cast and kind of our secondary stuff like our twitch instagram and all that you can probably end here thanks for coming and listening we appreciate you and if you're still here stick around because we're gonna have some interesting ideas
0: yeah um so before i forget remind me after we're done recording to uh ask you about some progress on a side thing that we're supposed to be doing um okay (laughs) and then uh, it'll make sense when i ask um but anyway i last night started getting things set up i got uh obs set up and connected and made a channel we now have a twitch channel um which uh i will be on danny will also be able to get on um and we'll be able to uh you know live stream stuff that's going on with the channel take chat talk with people about it um I also I did a test stream last night for a little less than an hour. Uh, I just played some New World and just tested to make sure that audio was going to come up properly, that I'd be able to see chat, make sure that you know things that I wanted on the uh, the display were there, so on and so forth. Um, so we'll be we'll be slowly expanding and and making things better with that as well. Um, I did make sure to put in the bio look that uh, our. Our podcast is a hobby for us at the moment, which means that also with streaming, it's going to be kind of more of an infrequent, you know, whenever we've got time to. Um, but then we've also set it up to where uh, some of our, you know, people that have been supportive and helpful in our... Um, getting the word out there about our podcast and and uh supporting our you know our work here doing this podcast that also stream that we know of they're also going to be hosted on that channel uh whenever we're not live if they go live um so definitely uh keep an eye out on that the channel is sd underscore nerdcast at twitch tv
1: uh the one without the What's without that? the underscore wasn't available who took SD I, Nerdcast?
0: I I didn't see if it was available without oh, the underscore. I just put the underscore in there. Damn it! Okay, <laughs> that's all right. Don't worry about it. But, um, <laughs> I know. Now we have another one. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, so Twitch TV, Twitch slash SD underscore Nerdcast. Um, okay, that's our. our yeah, uh, and like we
1: said before, we'll hopefully stream projects on there. Maybe if Kevin's animating or making art. You yeah. couldn't go live on there anytime. If we're playing through a game, maybe we want to talk about on the cast, like <coughs> glitched. Um, I know if that'll ever fucking come out,
0: uh, <laughs> that's why I haven't touched on it. Cause I don't want, I, mean, I don't uh, want to be disappointed. Anymore.
1: I mean, look, man, at this point it's going to come out or it's not, um, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, something like that will stream on there. Um, and yeah. you know, like, like we keep saying, we'll still work on things like Patreon and
0: kind yeah. of. Hopefully some paid content, but we're not, um, we're not there yet. We're, we're too infrequent at the moment. We got to be able to nail down some time to be able to actually do that.
1: Yeah. I, I hope to personally, a little glimpse into my personal life, hopefully, uh, we'll graduate college this (laughs) June. Hopefully that's the plan. If I can knock out all my homework here soon and that will free up so much time for me. Um, and it'll really give me some opportunity to change my career path and open up, hopefully, a lot of days that I can give to other projects, you know, like D and D and and this. Hopefully, we will see. Um, and other and other otherwise, I was thinking about: should we monetize with the anchor? Um, sort of the anchor monetization thing and i don't know maybe but honestly dealing with the taxes and the you know now it's a business kind of a Mm -hmm. side of it i don't really want to do that yet just because i'm too swamped we're too swamped to really handle all that
0: it's too much to start running a business right now as far as that goes so for now we're going to keep it as a hobby we're not going to worry too much about you know uh getting money in in any way shape or form yeah um
1: So, uh, there's that and I'm still working on what I want to do is essentially we're going to have our YouTube be flooded with all of the episodes (laughs) (laughs) that's essentially what's going to be happening. I'm still working on getting them all converted into, uh, audio visual video files. Mm -hmm. So I think I have up to episode like 20 so far, Okay, but what I'm hoping for is I'm going to wait until we get at least up to the current episode and, um, hopefully that, uh, that happens soon, but again, I need that spare time that I just do not have. Yeah. Um is there anything else that you wanted to talk about?
0: Um I wanted to give yet another big, 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 big shout out to our buddy Leif. Uh he's appeared on the podcast. Um and he's also been doing some behind the scenes stuff. He's he's the one who uh drew created the um the artwork that we're currently using utilizing for our podcast. Um, he's been, he's been going to school for doing like graphic design and stuff like that. Um, and I, last night I needed to really quickly kind of throw together something for, uh, Kaziah to put up on his stream. Um, and, when I messaged asking if by chance he had possibly already done that, cause I knew that we had kind of mentioned it to him, but we hadn't been like, Hey, we're going to need this like coming up. It was just kind of one of those, like we just kind of mentioned it. I was like, Hey, by chance, did you possibly end up doing this? And he was like, well, I didn't, but, uh, let me know the specs and I'll, I'll get it together for you. As soon as I get home, like I'll send it to you in a little bit. Within a couple hours, he had a banner made up that I could send off to Kaziah. So, Honestly, like, the dude is Johnny on the spot. He is our guy, and we love him very much for it, Um Ditto. so I just want to make sure that we continue to put out a big shout-out and a big, 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 big thanks to him for all of his work on artwork for our show, because, I mean, every, like, Danny knows I could be doing the artwork for the show, too, but having someone that's doing it that's actually going to school for it and is actually like part like has the software, part, like, it, has is, software big, is already on that like it it makes a huge difference like the difference between what he does and what I do is it's pretty huge large. um yeah we well, yeah yeah Leif is is amazing.
1: He's got a great amount of talent. We kind of plugged him on our on our Instagram, and so if anyone is curious as to you know who he is, we linked his Instagram. Hopefully that you know hopefully he's okay with that.
0: He should be. I'm pretty um, sure he, he introduced with himself it. with his last name in the episode that he guest starred in.
1: I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So you know, Leif doxxed himself, so it's okay. Uh, it's we didn't good. do it. Um, <laughs> as long as it wasn't. Anyway, us, that's right? our buddy. Um. He should be back on the cast another time. Uh, we plan to bring on more people, of course. And, uh, you know, as we move forward, hopefully we're going to touch on some broader range of topics as well. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, hopefully we get to kind of, um, introduce some D D campaigns, mm-hmm. some one shots. Maybe we hadn't, ex- we had a, a project in the works, but it doesn't look like it'll come to fruition now. Um, with some of our other friends, it just doesn't look like everybody's down to do it, unfortunately, which is okay. Yeah. It happens. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. But we, we will hopefully, you know, record maybe one or two of Kevin's games. If it, if we can just figure out the mic situation and yep. just kind of sitting people down, uh, I would love to. Yep. And, um, I guess uh, we don't really want to talk about it too much, but we're still looking into the editor thing. Mm-hmm. That's why the episodes have been so delayed, is because we don't have one yet, and it's been killer <laughs> on me uh, mentally to just sit down and open the laptop to even upload the episodes. It's just been hard, uh, c- coupling that with homework and working at four in the morning and having a social life and running a Twitch, and it's just a yeah. lot. So that's kind of where we're at if you are wondering about consistency Um, so hopefully getting an editor in here will happen soon-ish for us Um, Mm -hmm. for you guys this will be hopefully already in effect it might be we'll see by the time you listen to this Um, Mm. other than that Kev do you have anything else I think that's it wonderful I think thank you to
0: all of our listeners
1: yeah we've had a really good end here uh, good end time everybody that listens uh and let me tell you like i i think most of our our integrative friend group that we see every day i think one or two of them still listen pretty consistently and i think we could probably name who they are um but (laughs) for the most part our listeners have come from i believe like lawful stupid and from kazaya and Mm -hmm. from uh school even i think a few of them We've got an established audience of at least a few, you know, a couple dozen people, which is fantastic.
0: And I think last I checked, we were sitting around like 27, according to, according to Anchor.
1: Yeah, I think today I just checked. Let me check right now. I'll check it live on the cast. Um, but I think today I saw like 30 or something. So 32, I think it was. Um, oh, no, it was 23. <laughs> oh, swapped those numbers. <laughs> um,. But yeah, so that's just very encouraging. I like to see it. And we have 1.2 thousand plays, which mm. is, cool. that's just still crazy I know, to me. such a benchmark for it's us. It's still cool. <laughs> um, just to watch it go from like approaching that thousand mark and then watching it go to 1,200 is just cool. I think it's awesome. Yeah. So... Um, just thanks. Thanks again to everybody. I know we're making this end late really long, so we'll wrap <laughs> it up around here. You guys, if there are any questions or comments or concerns, you guys know where to send it snugdanpod in pod at gmail.com. Yep. Send it to us. We want to hear your thoughts or any feedback that you could possibly give us. A lot of you have given us some feedback. Mm-hmm. We take it to heart and we try to improve every cast. So, Um, please let us know if there's anything else you want to listen to or hear if the cast goes too long, maybe we don't touch on the right topics, whatever it is. Um, and I think with that said, we'll exit out of here for the day. Mm -hmm. So thanks again, everybody so much for listening. We do appreciate you. Please check our links and our, uh, different channels and our Instagram, Twitter and all that. Go check it out um we really do appreciate you listening and as always we hope that you all stay safe stay happy but above all else stay nerdy we'll catch you in the next one have a good evening